Halito, and welcome to Native Chalk Talk, a podcast by Natives for all. Here, we're keeping our Native ancestors' stories and history alive, while also sharing with you our Native cultures, traditions, and more. I'm Rachel Youngman, a Choctaw originally from Anadarko, Oklahoma. I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode, where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. Potential is everywhere in the Choctaw people. It's in our schools and students. It's in our small businesses and entrepreneurs. Potential is in our lifestyle and health. It's in our culture and heritage. Passion and commitment is in our blood. Ingenuity and economy are a tradition. And the Chutla Foundation was founded for this potential. To cultivate minds and hearts, to stimulate ideas and passions, to extend lives and improve health through education, and to preserve and promote the power of our past. The Chatha Foundation, meeting the potential of the Choctaw people. Today I'm here in Lawton, Oklahoma at Hunting Horse United Methodist Church with my guest, Monroe Satok. Monroe, welcome back. It's great to visit with you again. Thanks for making time for me. Oh yes, I'm glad to be back and be a part of this uh, native Choctaw. That's right. And Hunting Horse being here at this church is wonderful because it really has some historical significance to your family, right? Right. Uh, my grandfather, great-grandfather, when he first became a uh, Christian, uh, they began to, he took his family to the church called Mount Scott Kiowa United Methodist Church. And it's one of the oldest churches, Methodist churches uh, in the Southwest area. And as he continued to serve and uh, he had two sons that uh, became ministers, uh, they, in 1952, uh, they named the church after him, and that's where we're at right now. This is, the, I believe, the second location of this the Hunting Horse United Methodist Church. It was a little bit further south, uh, east. There's a railroad tracks that I don't believe they're used anymore, but it was on the other side. Mm. And uh, so, yes, and I was very excited that I was uh, asked to come here and uh, take charge of this church here. It's great. It's kind of a family affair too, right? The whole family seems involved in yes. keeping and it going. Yeah, and I, we get a, a lot of compliments because of uh, uh, my daughters and grandchildren, my wife, uh, when we have different events, uh, dinners and so forth, they're, they're all involved. And the different ones, part of the church, they, they really appreciate, not just me, but my whole family. Yeah. Uh, participating. And uh, so I will be sure to share some photos of Hunting Horse Church for everyone on my Native Chalk Talk Facebook page. And so today we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to your heart, 
your own Christianity and how that ties in with your tribe and kind of helping us to understand all of these things as it as it all comes together. Is, did I describe that correctly? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm a PK preacher's kid. <laughs> and like I said, my great-grandfather uh, became a Christian, Methodist Christian, and then my grandfather Cecil uh, Horse Arthur Satoke, also uh, a minister, and my dad, John Thomas Satoke Sr., were all ministers. And uh, when I came into the ministry, I had different people to ask, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're following their footsteps, but, you know, that's part of it. But my reasoning was that God called me to this uh, ministry, and I'm just following after uh, my Heavenly Father. That, uh, you know, my wife and I were both, it's just not me, but my wife and of course the children, grandchildren fall into this, the same order. For sure. Yeah, Christianity, of course we had our own, uh, I guess, traditions and religions, and I don't know that much about it, so I'm not going to say too much about those. But uh, Christianity came to our people in the early 1800s and to Southwest uh, Oklahoma, the Kiowa, uh, Comanche, and Apache, which are called KCA. Christianity uh, was uh, first uh, brought to the Eastern Oklahoma, I guess uh, you might call it civilized tribes, uh, Cherokee, Creek, Choctaw, Chickasaw, and others. The Baptists and the Methodists were the predominant, I guess, uh, denominations. In, in the Southwest, and then later on, the uh, Catholic and Pentecostal came in uh, to our, our uh, part of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know too much about the uh, Catholic, but uh, I do know that they had that, that church that was mentioned in, the, in uh, our last time we talked, uh, St. Patrick's Mission mm -hmm. in Anadarko, and that was the longest running Catholic school, I guess, in Oklahoma. Oh, really? From 1892 to 1966. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the, uh, I know some uh, friends and relatives that uh, do go to the Catholic church. The Pentecostal churches, um, I guess, I don't know, I guess I can remember into the mid, late 50s, I, uh, remember them, uh, particularly around uh, Carnegie, there was a church called the White Church, uh, also called 59 Church because of the highway that was close by, and then another church called Red Church, and they're both Pentecostal churches. Okay. Prayer meetings or cottage meetings uh, were frequent, you know, just uh, maybe spur of the moment or even planned birthdays and whatever kind of celebration uh, that I remember growing up with, uh, in the different homes, going to my grand folks' house and, you know, just everybody having a good time, just uh, worshiping and and hearing songs and so forth. And, mm. and it That was, must have been interesting. Oh, yes. Such a fun time. and Yes, uh, you family. know, we, we grew up in that kind of atmosphere and... Uh, yeah, they, they had those, uh, not just in the churches, but I, I guess when you have them in your uh, 
home or other places, there's a lot more freedom. Uh, that that and everybody, it, it didn't matter what denomination. Everybody just came together and, and just just had a good time Love worshiping. That. The Baptist, uh, there was a a lady that came around Saddle Mountain and Rainy Mountain, and uh, her name was Isabel Crawford. And there's a, actually a book called Akiwas. I guess it was originally written by Fleming Revell, Fleming, R-E-V-E-L-L. And it was reprinted by Clyde Ellis. And it talks about when she came to the Kiowas and uh, she was a, a young, like 22, 23 years old. And she stayed until ni 1906. Have you read that book? I read part of it. I think well, I've read it a long time ago, but I had I had to reread it. I know. I, I now I'm wanting to go read it. In 1961, she went back to Canada, where she was from, mm -hmm. and uh, they buried her up there. But in 1961, they brought her back to Saddle Mountain Cemetery, which is a Kiowa tribal cemetery, and uh, she, she always said that she wanted to be with the Kiowa people. Wow. And so they, they did bring her back, and that's where she is right now at Saddle Mountain Cemetery. There's a, another book called uh, The Jesus Road. It's about the Kiowa hymns, and uh, Ralph Cote passed on several years ago. What they did was followed him to different uh, services, home services, and he sang songs and was recorded. And not only the recording in Kiowa, but they were interpreted in English. Cool. So that, and I think you can still find it online, but it was dedicated to his wife. And all of those donations went to a church called Cedar Creek United Methodist Church. So those are a couple of books that, you know, if you're interested in reading about uh, Christianity, the Kiowa hymns and so forth. Yeah, I encourage our listeners to go get those. Again, The Kiowas by Fleming Ravel, and then The Jesus Road by yeah. Ralph Cote. Yes. Love so it. A little bit about the Baptists. I'm, I'm, I don't know, you know that much, but, uh, you know, they were predominant. I think they were the first ones to come into this area, and then the Methodists followed shortly after in uh, Methodist in, in 1866, J.J. Methvin uh, was a missionary that came to the Southwest. And in Anadarko, he lived a little mm -hmm. north of that church uh, that was named after him. His, okay. Uh, one of the bishops that, that served in a huh. United Methodist. And uh, Stumbling Bear was one of the first, I, I guess, Methodist uh, Kiowas to convert to Christianity. When and was that, you think? When when he did, I, I'm not sure, but uh, a lot of a lot of times, uh, the ones that um, converted, a lot of them were interpreters hmm. for missionaries. You know, they yeah. followed them and they did. And I got a story about that here <laughs> later on. And uh, the the Methodists, they uh, they were included with the. the United Methodists of Oklahoma until, and they did have churches, but a lot of the churches were, uh, the ministers were Caucasian. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I guess after a while, they were having trouble getting people to come to the churches. So finally, they, they began to send Kiowa's Comanches, Apaches to school and uh, at OCU, University and other places, SMU, Tulsa, and uh, they learned the skills of how to take care of a church and so forth, administration. And so they, they began to, the rise of the members uh, because of the change from Caucasian to native uh, ministers. Yeah. And uh, like I said, the, the, uh, the United Methodists were, native churches were included until 1972, which was not too long ago, when uh, they formed the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference. And that was the first time that, that the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference, they had the same voting rights as the other conferences, hmm. which is a big step uh, for us as recognition. Yeah. Uh, in the United Methodists. The ministry of the uh, Kiowas, the Comanches, the Apaches began to flourish and they began to uh, have uh, a lot more members that that began to join and so forth. And there's churches in Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, and I believe there's one or two in New Mexico. So it covers a lot of uh, ground states. Of course, here at Hunting Course, I just mentioned in 1952, which was the, the year I was born, mm-hmm. that this, they established the Gordon Free name of this church for Hunting Horse United Methodist Church. And who do you think did that, established it as your great-grandfather's name? Well, uh, I remember going to the, the old, I say old church, the, the one before this one. I remember my aunt and uncle, Charles Bread, Sr., and my aunt Evelyn, they uh, were uh, ministers at that church for a long time. Of course, my grandpa and grandma went there uh, occasionally, so I'm, I'm not sure if that's when they changed the name yeah. of that church. I believe what I'm called is a circuit rider now. Uh, I have two churches. Mm-hmm. This church, Hunting Horse United Methodist Church, and I've been here since August, a little over a year, and I just, uh, received a uh, uh, pastorship of a uh, little church called Little Washita, which is south of Surreal, Oklahoma. So how are you in two places at once? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they, the conference has been doing this a long time, so mm-hmm. they kind of have it all figured out, yeah. and, which was my first time having two churches. Yeah. Uh, but we rotate. Okay. Yeah, we rotate. Uh, of course, I serve uh, communion, you know, at both churches on different Sundays. Mm-hmm. And the only problem I had was when some of these uh, months had five Sundays. So what we decided, I would stay two Sundays at one church that had the five Sundays. And then when that month came up again, I would serve at the other church yeah. twice, both Sundays. So, wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, Next month, we begin to have our charge conferences when we approve all of our committees and uh, those that are holding office and all of that. So that's that's going to be a little bit uh, rigorous. You know? Yeah, busy times coming up. Yes, and uh, there's always a need for workers in the church. You know, mm-hmm. some some hold 
uh, two positions, three positions, just to yeah. fulfill those places. My grandpa and grandma, Cecil and Jenny Horse, uh, she was 15 and he was 19 when they first met. And then, uh, of course, they, they married. And in, when he turned 22, I believe, uh, he was under the uh, tutelage of his big brother, Albert Horse, which he, he also has a church named after him. And that, it used to be Cash Creek. He uh, served under him. And then he finally, at 22 years old, uh, they uh, got charge of the Cash Creek Church. And uh, back then, he got paid $17 a month. And they would they didn't have a car when they first started, so they would walk five miles to church. Wow. And the church lasted all day. They had a morning worship service. They had lunch and then went back into the church around two and had another afternoon service and then broke for supper. And then after supper, they went back into the church and had evening service. So it was an all-day affair. All day. Yeah, and everybody knew that, that when they were going to church, they were going to church. You're going to be there, yeah. Yeah, so, and then later on, he, of course, he got a, a raise and he saved money and they finally got, got the uh, their vehicle to drive to church. And that's where that, you know, later on, that's the story about my aunt riding in that little Oh, bottle. the Tin Lizzie? Yeah, the bottle of tea, yeah. <laughs> That fits in there somewhere. Well, where your aunt was driving down the road and, and some relatives and they yeah. flipped it, right? My my dad was the only boy and he had uh, five sisters. And uh, my oldest uh, aunt, she asked to drive and my grandpa said no, but finally he gave in. So they went down to the store just not too far away, way out in the country. and. Of course, at that time they had dirt gravel roads, and, and so they, they, he said, "Don't go too fast." Of course, back then, 35 miles an hour was fast, and so they said, "Okay." So they got in. They took my little, my dad, their little brother, and they were going. And of course, on the road, you know, young people they get crazy. So she was driving, and they came around the curve. When they came around the curve, they didn't make the curve. They started skidding that Model T and, and they went on the side of the road and the, and it went in a ditch and all dusty and everything, just couldn't see nothing, the cloud. And when the, my dad was saying, when the dust finally uh, cleared, uh, they couldn't, they checked everybody and the only one was my aunt and her, and they said, well, is she all right? And all they could see was her body. And when they looked on top of the uh, surrey, her head was sticking out the surrey. <laughs> so her head went through the surrey. And, I just and love the story. It never gets old. They didn't hurt, they didn't wreck the car, but they they had a big hole, uh, sky, uh, sky roof, I guess. And uh, I don't even know if they went to the store or not, but when they came home, of course, they caught it. It's the best story in this picture. Yeah. Okay, like, so they got this yeah. car finally, so they didn't yeah. have to drive or walk five miles to town every day. They yeah. could actually drive to the church. Yeah, they could drive and uh, a little bit more. They they got invited to different places, of course, and and uh, you know they they took my my folks with them whenever they went somewhere, and, and uh, so yeah, uh, I, I mentioned. Uh, interpreters you know mm -hmm. back in the day the Baptists had uh, 
Lucius Aitzen was one of the interpreters and his daughter came back from the, what's that, in this, Carlisle. Mm -hmm. uh, she went there, she came back, well, she began to interpret. And uh, Lucius, uh, he stayed uh, helping uh, Isabel Crawford, uh, you know, interpret and so forth. Uh, one time this missionary came uh, around, around Southwest and he wanted to have a camp meeting, three-day camp meeting. And so uh, he was looking for an interpreter, you know, back in the day, or say Kyle's they mainly spoke their language so he got Albert Horse so he said I want, I want to have a three-day camp meeting go out and tell everybody to come we're gonna set up a big tent and we want it to be filled and we're gonna see if we can convert and just bring in as many Kyle's as possible Comanches patches as possible so uh, my grandpa and his family, they all began to go out and tell everybody word of mouth, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, so the first night came and that missionary, he was, he was praying all day and reading scripture and just getting ready and everything. So when it came time for the camp meeting to start, there was a lot of people in there and, uh, Kyle's Comanches, Patches. And so, uh, Albert Horse, you know, of course, when he was, uh, the, missionary was speaking, Albert Horse would follow him when he would talk in English, then Albert Horse would interpret in Kiowa. So he would he would just follow him and he was interpreting and 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 when he said, Okay, we're gonna have altar call, everybody come up and if you want to receive Jesus, he said, uh, just just come on up. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they got ready he called had altar call and nobody showed up. Nobody came to the front. Oh. And so the missionary fear. was disappointed, yeah. So after the service, he, he told Albert Horse, he said, I, I don't know what happened. I preached a good sermon, everything just went good. And and I don't know what happened when the altar call came. He said, so I'm gonna pray harder, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna read, I'm just gonna get ready tomorrow night, we'll have a bunch. So uh -huh. next night came and he uh, preached hard and Everybody was listening, and and when he went, uh, got through, he prayed. And he said, "Okay, we're gonna have an altar call. Everybody, come up." <laughs> and uh, of course, Albert Horse was interpreting. And uh, when he had altar call, nobody came up. And so uh, that missionary he was just so disappointed. He said, "I don't know what's going on. I just preached my heart out, and I just did the best I could." One more night, something's got to happen. I I got to do the best I can. I got to preach hard and whatever. So he, he disappointed, but he was still encouraged. So he next after day came afternoon. People start coming in, and when they got ready to start the service, Albert Horse, he he was kind of wondering, you know, why why he he wasn't reaching out to the people. So when they got ready to start, the missionaries start preaching. He was just preaching hard and. Of course, Albert Horse is right behind him, uh, interpreting and everything. And uh, when they had altar call, he said there was uh, over half of the people came up and they gave their lives to the Lord. And wow! And after the service, that missionary was really happy. He said, "Oh man, I'm just so excited. We had a good turnout. People came and they they uh, came to the altar and 
and they just gave their lives to the Lord, and I'm, I'm just so happy. I, he said, but I don't understand what happened. I preached all three nights the best I could, and, and now they all come up on the last night. So Albert Horse, he said, well, missionary, he said, I seen you pour your heart out first night, second night, and, and I knew, knew something wasn't happening. So that third night when you were preaching, I preached my own sermon. And that's why all the people came up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see. He said, I, I knew you were having a hard time, so I just preached my own. Can I just help you out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. Really? Yes. I love it. <laughs> Let Just step aside. I'll fix this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, 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 uh, it's, Christianity and, and it's important and but there's some good fun times that happen mm -hmm. along the road as you as you go and, and uh, there's other stories you know that I could tell but for me I believe I started in 98 is when I became a what they call a lay lay missioner okay. that's when I first got my start at at Cash Creek Albert Horse Church but uh, I got started, I got accepted to go to school at SMU, Southern Methodist University, to re receive training. So uh, I believe it was my second year down at SMU, and I was in, in class, and I'm going to mention the name because he's well-respected. He's a Tonkin tribal man, and yeah. well-respected. His name is Thomas Roughface, and uh, he was uh, one of the administrators at the OIMC. And he called uh, my wife and my youngest daughter, Melissa, we talked about her this afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, they were home themselves and I had horses. I had uh, three horses and one of them was a paint and it had a coat, just like a couple of weeks old and I had to go to school. So yeah. I told them to water and feed the horses while I was gone. Well, that night coyotes came and they were trying to get the baby colt. And in the process, the mother broke her back. The, oh boy. the horse, yeah. And so they were trying to reach me. And she, so she called an OIMC office and she talked to Thomas Ruffface. And she told him uh, what happened. She said, I need to get a hold of Monroe. I can't get a hold of him at school. So, uh, and he said, well, he's probably in class all day. And, and I'll call up there and see if I can get a hold of an yeah, emergency. Mm -hmm. So I got a class that afternoon. They said, are you uh, Monroe Satoten? I said, yes. He said, you got an emergency phone call uh, in the office, hit, uh, main office. I said, oh, okay. So, man, I didn't know what was happening. So I ran as fast as I could and got to the uh, main office. And they said, you, you got a phone call here. So I picked up the phone and it was Thomas Ruffface. And he said, uh, is this Monroe? And I said, yes. He said, he said, uh, brother, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I got some bad news for you. And I said, what, what happened? He said, well, he said, I'm sorry to tell you, but one of your relatives passed away, a hunting horse. <laughs> he said, one of your family members, a horse. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, no, I wonder who it was. Oh, I just, oh, no. I just felt bad, I tell you. I just didn't know what he said. Do you want to come home or uh, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. Let me find out first. And 
yeah, he was he was about to cry with me on the phone. He just felt bad. He said, we'll be praying for you and everything. I finally got a hold of my wife and, and I said, who passed away? I, I thought uh, uh, Thomas Roughface called me and he said, somebody close to us passed away. And uh, Johanna said, well, it was your horse. She broke her back and she, she died. And I, in a way I was, I was uh, hurt, right. but at the but same still. time, it was a two -le a four legged horse instead of a two legged <laughs> horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good one. Yeah, four, that's four legged, yeah. not two legged. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we donated to the Weatherford, they have a glue factory up there. I hate it. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. When I came home, uh, yeah, they took her and that baby coat was like, like I said, two or three weeks old. And we bottle fed it. Oh. And it, that horse grew up. It was the prettiest horse. Really? Yeah, paint horse. And of course, those are treasure in our, in our, with yeah. our people, you know. So, yeah, she, she grew up, you know, without her mama. But yeah, that was one of the stories oh that I'll never, he said, not, Giant said, not your four legged, uh, your two legged, Relative was your two-legged horse. <laughs> when we were, uh, I guess I was like six six years old. I was in the first grade, and and my my dad got uh, uh, charge of a little church in uh, at a place called White Eagle. It was called uh, White Eagle United Methodist Church, Methodist Church, mm -hmm. and my mother, of course, you know, you always need helpers, and my mother was. Uh, in charge of the Christmas program, and she couldn't find any anybody that would play the part. So she asked. She, well, she didn't ask me. She told me that I was going to be Joseph. <laughs> Guess what you're going to do? Yeah, I was going to be Joseph, and my little sister is going to be Mary. So we practiced for like two months. You know, every, yeah. My mom just drilled us, and you know, we had everything. You know what we was going to do and whatever. So the night before uh, the Christmas play. My sister and I were playing, and I got mad at her. I punched her in the eye. My throat's a joke. I know, I know. I, but I, I, I got mad. I punched her in the eye, and, and, I, and I, I was trying to trying to hide her from my mom. But my mom finally came in, and she looked at my sister, and she had a, a black eye. She said, "Oh, Monroe, what did you do?" And of course, she got after me. And uh, she was she was worried about my sister, but she said, "What we're we gonna do about the play? <laughs> we can't have Mary with a black Joseph eye." Joseph cannot be beating Mary. Don't you know this? <laughs> so, so anyway, we uh, went round and round. She said, "We can't change. We all practice, and we got to go on." And so that night came, and and had everything set up on the stage, uh, and she she said, "Monroe." You better behave and not do anything. Just stand there and do your part. And she she told my little sister, she was like four, I think, four, four or five. She said, and, and her name is Bernice. Uh -huh. I, she, she said, Bernice, whatever you do, don't look up. <laughs> Just look yeah, she down. had her that little veil over her <laughs> head. And she made her look down. She said, Bernice, whatever you do, don't look up. So that time came and, and was standing up there and they were, they were going through the, the whole story. And all the time, my little sister did good, you know, with the spotlight and and, we're, and my mama was happy until the end. 
And they said, let's give our uh, actors a hand, a round of applause. When they start clapping, my little sister got excited and she looked up. <laughs> Everybody's like, Ooh. Mary and Joseph had a fun. <laughs> little domestic disturbance against the uh, holy Mary. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was one of our hard things that we <laughs> Oh my God! Your mom was probably so mad. Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She was mad, uh, happy until the end. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, uh, my dad, uh, being a minister back in his day, uh, there was uh, separation. You know, like like uh, I guess tradition and uh, Christianity. It was more so, I mean, I don't know if it was because of the teachings uh, and then, uh, you know, being a minister, he, he he never went to the powwows. If he did, he'd stay in the back. But later on, my brother and I, we began to uh, participate at powwows. Mm -hmm. We'd dance and, and uh, my, uh, my sisters also. And so, uh, you know, they had, they had, a, he had a hard time adjusting you know, to that uh, being a minister. And of course, you know, I, I guess uh, uh, the status mm -hmm. of a, a minister, you're not supposed to do this and this yeah, and this. And, the power yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's how he grew up until later on. Of course, my grandpa too, he, he, uh, he liked it when we began to dance, my brother and I. So he would come with us and he would, he would tell us uh, a lot of times he'd say, Boys, y'all better, uh, grandsons, y'all better pray before you go in that arena. It's a sacred place, but you don't know what's going on in there. You got to be covered. So he, he would pray for us too. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we, that's the way that we, every time we went, we, we prayed. So, you know, that's the way it was back then. But nowadays, in, in my generation, you know, reading the Bible, the scripture myself, uh, you know, I, I felt that my calling to the ministry that, that God led us through these different places growing up mm -hmm. and getting into the ministry to help us in the ministry. Like my, my wife and I, we participated in the powwows. We went, of course, she was a college uh, princess, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, you know, looking at that and searching my own, uh, it says in uh, Revelation 7 and 9, it says, I looked and beheld a great multitude which no one could number, all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne, uh, before the Lamb. And so when I read that, I said, hey, wait a minute. And it's not that I was ashamed, but it was, it was just that separation that I seen my dad, yeah. you know, that he, he went through. I said, that's that's not right. I said, if it says this in the Bible, it says that we can be who we are and at the same time uh, be not only proud of a, a, being a, a Kyle man, but also being a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so that, that scripture helped me to understand that God wants us to be who we are, but what we need to do is put him first mm -hmm. in everything that we do. No matter where you go, uh, he wants you, you to acknowledge him 
it's not about me, but it's about him. Yeah. And so, you know, when I read that, it just opened, just the light came on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I include that in, in some of my uh, sermons and preaching. There's still those that are not, not bringing that into focus. You know, I'm talking to different people. Of course, they have their own understanding and beliefs. And uh, uh, this one traditional man came up to me and was criticizing me uh, because I had a, a, a statue in uh, a in a picture, Christian picture, and I said those are just symbols. They don't they don't mean, I don't pray to them. I, they're just right. reminding me of. And then he, he kept on, and, and I said, well, I said, brother, I said let's leave it at this. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. And so you know that Love he it. said okay. Yeah, so, you know, people have their own beliefs and, and until they they find out themselves, you know. They, mm -hmm. My my father, I want to mention my father-in-law, Elsa Big Bow. He is a Native American church man and, uh, you know, he grew up in that, that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But uh, because of uh, uh, something that happened in the family, he, uh, he accepted Christ in his life. And so... What he did was when he had these meetings, he would make sure that he mentioned not only God, of course we do have a name for God and for Jesus and uh, for the Holy Spirit. He makes sure that everybody knows that that's, that's the, the whole uh, meeting is about mm -hmm. praying to God, uh, believing in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And, and so that, that's one good thing that I, I uh, uh, remember about my father-in-law, that he always included yeah. those, you know, and not, not going off in a different direction, but uh, making sure that everybody there understood. For sure. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Christianity has been here. I, I, uh, you know, you hear some negative things about it, but... Uh, I, I guess it's like everything else, you know, you have good and not so good mm -hmm. in, in everything. So the main thing is that we get our, our own lives right. And, you know, if you have the calling, then answer the call and just do the best you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume you probably see this a lot. I do too. And um, there are folks out there, on the other hand, who are angry that anyone that is Native would you know, practice Christianity due to, say, colonization or whatever. And I know that that's a big topic. It's a big can of worms. And I think what you just said probably addresses that, too. If you feel the calling, answer the call. But for some people, they're confused by this and they are frustrated by it. Yes. Uh, growing up, you know, I, I experienced that myself. Uh, <clears throat> these uh, missionaries, I guess, that they, they come and they hope vacation Bible school and so forth and and uh, it's like uh, the, the, I'm just using this my own experience yeah. uh, that they I felt like they were talking down to me right you know not putting you down but that what I'm telling you is you need to we need have to the do answer this. or something yeah. yeah and that I believe that's part of the problem is when the missionaries came, came here they said, uh, 
Well, like that, that uh, was it Carlisle, kill the Indian, save the man, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of attitude, you know, give everything up because it's not good, you're going to go to hell, you know, that kind of attitude, the ones supposedly representing Christianity that came in the youth. And, uh, but uh, and that that was not right, you know. But but what what I say is that Paul, when he when he went to this one city, and on the way to the city there was statues and there were other things that were ripped on the road. They were all had different gods and goddesses along the road, mm -hmm. and uh, I guess that that they worship. And, and on the way, he seen this one statue monument. And when he got there, uh, they started questioning him. And what his approach was, I, I think that's the way that it should have been. He said, I commend you for your worshiping these gods and goddesses, little G. He said, but there's one statue that I've seen, and I want to tell you about that one statue, and it was called the Unknown God. He said, this, this statue of the unknown God, let me, let me tell you about this unknown God. And what he was doing was telling him in a loving way. He didn't condemn them for their uh, worshiping these other gods or goddesses. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't uh, condemn them or tell them that they were going to hell, but he said, I commend you for your worship, but let me tell you about this unknown God. He told him in a loving way, and he, he said, this unknown God is the God of all gods. He began to, I guess, preach to them. And, and I think that's the approach, you know, that, that I would like to share, that mm -hmm. I don't know everything, and I know there's other things out there, but uh, I would like for the people who know this God that is above all God, that's still on the throne, and his mm -hmm. son is at his right hand, and that the Holy Spirit is real. You know, so so I I think that the approach way back yeah has affected through the ages. You know? Right, and sometimes I think about the kids that were so-called witnessed to by the missionaries, and they were beaten, and they were malnutritioned, and and those were human beings back then. Though they do not represent Christ, in my opinion, but mm -hmm. those were representatives of an idea of beating them into submission. Yeah. And so from that point, I'm sure that maybe some of those natives saw Jesus in that way, or maybe they didn't, but it wasn't the best representation of what Jesus really is. Mm -hmm. So that's a really sad part of it. But I am amazed, like, you know, I'm Choctaw, and Christianity is big in the Choctaw world. And I think it's interesting that they found their their own way to Christ after that. Some of them truly did believe in Jesus and they have these beautiful hymns and mm -hmm. they still practice today. So despite <clears throat> even the worst intentions out there by some, yet there still are Christians out there among the native community. Yes. Um, I want to sing this uh, song for you and I believe they call it the Methodist song because the Methodists sing it all the time. Everybody knows it, the different tribes yeah. that, that sing it. And uh, like I mentioned, Ralph Cote, he, he knew a lot of songs. And, uh, you know, it, it, his approach was uh, not only to sing it, but to interpret so that, mm. you know, even the generations now listen to it, they, they can interpret it in, 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 to the English or what it it means. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's, it says, of course, Aho, 
Aho means thank you. Doggy is God. We try to sing the song. When we sing songs, uh, we sing them the original. You, you sing them four times through. But today, I guess because of time, we we sometimes sing just three mm. three times. And like I say, I don't know that much. But what I I understand is that the Baptists they sing their songs a little bit slower okay. than, than uh, I guess Methodists. Aho donkey atome, aho donkey atome, don't say pedo yatome, don't say pedo yatome, yatin cono yatome, ma onde. Aho dog iata ome, aho dog iata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, yate kono yata ome, ma onde. Aho dog iata ome, aho dog iata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, yate kono yata ome, ma onde. Aho dog iata ome, aho dog iata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, don't say pedo yata ome, yate kono yata ome, ma onde. So that's just one one song. There's many songs, and uh, a lot of these, uh, well, most of the Kawa songs, they're presented by the Holy Spirit. You know, they don't just, you know, just come up with a tune, and, but they pray about them, and they're all, they have different uh, meanings to them, and you sing them at diff different events and certain times. That's but beautiful, a, Monroe. But, but there's a lot of uh, songs that, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm not a singer, but I, uh, because I'm, I'm a minister, my dad uh, taught me some things, you know, uh, when, when I get up to preaching, that one thing is when you get up, and then this cows know this too, that they'll sing a song and then they'll get up and talk. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that, that we do, if, you know, when we get up to speak or whatever we're going to do. So, that was beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So, you can sing anytime. That, the only thing more, is, I, I, uh, I, well, the, the deal is for me, I, I don't want to sing songs without the interpretation. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm still yeah. learning. I mean, I could probably sing, you know, several more songs, but I don't, I, I want to. Like Smart. I said, the yeah. dog key is God. Uh, I host, thank you. Thank you. Dog side means to pray, you know, so, you know, that, uh, in, in the, uh, in the, Oakland Missionary Conference, a lot, a lot of the different churches sing them. Even though they don't have Kiowas there, they'll sing them anyway because huh. it, it's 
some, you know, pretty standard all over. Yeah. So at here at Hunting Horse, do you sing those songs? You know, are there Kiowa songs being sung here? Yeah, I try to have one available just in case. Mm-hmm. But we have several, and I'll mention Eddie Anko is one of the devotion leaders, uh, uh, lay speakers that are in the church, and he'll sing a Kiowa hymn or two. And then we have a, a Patricia Wessapappy. Uh, she's a, she sings Cheyenne. She's Cheyenne uh, song. And then we have a, a Choctaw. They'll every once in a while sing a Choctaw hymn. So yeah, we, we try to include everybody. You know, yeah. that, that wants to. Is it primarily Kiowa here, or so um, I know there's a, Kiowa, a lot of Kiowa in the area. Yeah, you have uh, more Kiowa Comanches. Mm-hmm. That are a part of the church now. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's nice to know that you welcome all tribes. Oh yeah, everybody's. Well, that's the uh, Methodist model, I believe. That uh, open doors, open hearts, open minds. You know, that's great. And and like I told you before, I believe in that last session that you know, hunting horse was welcome with all his family, both both families. They weren't they weren't mm-hmm. shunned or. You know, close, close. Yeah. They, they were welcome, and eventually, you know, he did learn and, and wanted to do the right thing. So he he uh, separated. He, he just went live with one of his. But he did uh, build a home close by, so that for the other wife, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so two wives, one of them he kept, and then the other one lived well, close yeah, by. Yeah. Well, they they were both there, but he didn't. He just lived with one. Yeah. Yeah, and in yeah. uh, our family, you, you, we could probably make our own tribe. There's like over 500 <laughs> of us, uh, uh, hunting horse tribe. I bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are they mostly in this area, your family members? Well, or Carnegie? my, my uh, 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 great-grandfather and my grandfather spent a, long, a lot of time here around the law area. That the Mount Scott, actually, they kind of use that as not not written, but it's kind of a dividing line. Mm. Comanches on the south side, Kyle's on the north side. Okay. That, that's kind of a dividing line. And my folks grew up around on the north side of Mount Scott, and they call us mountain people. That's huh. the tribe, uh, the Kyle's around that area, that's who, what they call them. I never knew that. I've been going mountain to Mount people. Scott my whole <laughs> life. You know, it's just beautiful. If you look at uh, Mount Scott and you, you look down on the the west side, there's a little bit smaller mountain mm-hmm. right next to it, and that's Hunting Horse Mountain. Yeah, is it? Yeah, <laughs> no, not a lot of people know that. No, but, I definitely yeah, don't. Yeah, but know. if you look, it, that's that's called Hunting Horse Mountain. Okay. Yeah, yeah and and for our listeners, Mount Scott yeah. is in it's in the Wildlife Refuge, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so outside of Lawton is this place called the Wildlife Refuge where been going my whole life to go camping and it's beautiful out there most people in this area do go out there they've got regular camping and then they have primitive which is what we always did where there's no running water or electricity but buffalo do come through your camp so it's kind of exciting but mount scott is in there and i don't know that i don't know how high that mountain is but i i assume it's the highest in this mountain range over here is what i've always thought but for some reason it's the most popular mountain over here but it's beautiful yeah um and I, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but hunting horse, the military would come out to his house and and have a birthday ceremony 
when, yeah. when he was alive. But even when he was, wasn't, I, I guess I was probably 16, 17, I remember, can still remember, and that was in the early 60s, I guess, mm -hmm. the military still came out by Saddle Mountain. And they would set up a big old army camp. A lot of the military men would come out and they would have a feast. They would kill a buffalo and barbecue. And I, I still remember them wow. coming out, out there, you know. Even after he had passed. If, so even after he had passed. How much of an impact he made. Continued to come out there, have a little ceremony that they'd uh, raise the flag and, you know, have taps and all that. And uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was something, you know, to, to remember. Indeed. That's beautiful. Is Saddle Mountain, where is that? Is that in the Wildlife Refuge too? No, it's it's north of uh, Mount Scott. Uh, I don't know how many, mm. eight, eight miles or so. Okay. Uh, those are some of the landmarks that mm -hmm. they went by. And if you ever go out that way, uh, there's a mountain that's close to the... The only thing out there is, is there's a, the Saddle Mountain Cemetery. And then right uh, just south of there, there's a mountain and it looks like a saddle. Oh, okay. You look at it. So that's why it's called Saddle Mountain. Gotcha. And then there's a little store called Mirrors. Oh, it's a cobblestone. I know where that is. Yeah, Mirrors is my, awesome. My, uh, my dad said they used to go watch picture show. He called it at <laughs> five cents, I think, to get in and watch a picture show. And they would, uh, uh, you know, a couple of cents for a popcorn and a drink. Yeah, they, that was the big their big day that they would go and, and so fun mirrors and you know it's made out of that cobblestone yeah. you know, building. It's still standing. It's still there, and of course there's Rainy Mountain a little bit further uh, uh, west of uh, Mount View. Okay, uh, and that's a uh, Rainy Mountain. That they had a school and everything out there, uh, and it's a Baptist church, but that's still out there in the area mm -hmm. and uh, that's a part of the, that uh, Isabel Crawford's uh, history also. Ah, yeah. yeah that, and, and, and she, there was another young lady, I forgot her name, that she came also as a missionary. That, that was part of that also. And uh, the, way, the reason why they call it Rainy Mountain is that every time they camped there it would rain. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a big hill. You can you can go all the way up to the top. It's not real tall, but it stands out, you know. Yeah. Out, out in the area, yeah. So. Well, <laughs> when my family listens to this episode, they're gonna crack up laughing because the, our church always had a joke that it's raining, so the Schaffners must be camping in the wildlife oh. refuge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rain almost every time we do those five mile hikes or more. And mm -hmm. it would just rain on us miserably the whole time. And then the minute we get back to camp, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. We love this area. It's it's so pretty. I love the mountains and the wildlife refuge where the buffalo roam free and the longhorn cattle, prairie dogs. I was in a, started in the ministry in 1997, did I say 1997? And I got out in 2014. Both Johanna and I were, were cancer survivors. Oh, I had yes. lymphoma, and uh, I'm still dealing with that. Uh, but I didn't know that. 2020, uh, we decided in prayer that we needed to come back because our ministry wasn't over, 
And so at the same time, I retired from uh, teaching in May of 2020. And then this past uh, July, uh, Johanna retired. So now, you know, we have the, the time to uh, devote our full time to the yeah. ministry. So, and that's been good so far. This, the, the members here at Hunting Horse Night Methodist Church, they're so good and they treat us great and we're, we could be, ha uh, be any happier. And Lil Washita, since we've been there, the uh, members, they, they treated us you know, awesome, and they—they're just—they're just on fire for the Lord. It's—it's uh, it's been great so far, and so uh, you know, we—we just plan to be here as long as we can. You know, to—to to help minister for uh, sure and uh, do the best we can. I can't think of better folks to do it. Uh, what are your hours for worship on Sundays at both churches? Well, here at Hunting Horse, we've been meeting uh, inside only uh, since. Uh, what was that, uh, I guess in June? Mm -hmm. All of 2020, we were outside. Oh, wow. We, we, uh, we had a little uh, pop-up tent, and we put speakers out, and everybody would you know, drive up, and they'd park their cars and open their windows. Yeah, I've got was, a picture of you preaching like that, and yeah. I'll put it on oh, my yeah, yeah. Facebook page. And uh, we, we would, uh, of course, we'd have a little bit of music and sing songs, and everybody would just stay in their cars, and we'd have a sermon yeah. every once in a while you'd say praise the lord or hallelujah out of the cars <laughs> it's like a drive-in yeah movie yes for exactly yeah. the main thing is that we need to get our, our lives right with the lord mm -hmm. and uh, start living the kind of life what is what is that in what's that scripture uh if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves seek my face turn from their turn wicked from their ways. wicked ways then who is that? See, I, I, I was in that healing. <laughs> where's, where's my phone? And, and uh, he said, I will heal their land, mm -hmm. and they shall be my people, and I shall be their God. Yes. So I, I think that's one of the verses that I refer to a lot. Is, well, yeah, Second Chronicles. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Oh man, that just right? hits, hits it right. It's right on. Right, yeah. It, we need to wake up, you know, we need to, and it's just not for the native people, but for all people. I don't know, we need just need, need to open our spiritual eyes and ears to see, you know, what, what the Lord is telling us, mm -hmm. you know, so. So what words would you have for folks that are, you know, your daughter just got over a really bad stint with COVID and was in the hospital, and what words of comfort would you share for people that are dealing with it, either their loved ones or themselves right now? I, I want to just give you an example. <clears throat> my my brother-in-law is in the hospital right now, and he's in the ICU. He was on a ventilator, but it, it took him off, and course you know as a family member you don't want to see your loved one go through that kind of tubes going down their mouth and intravenous and all this different kind of stuff that's happening and all I could do is is interpret the word you know I I'm, I, I can't say I know what you're going through because I don't you know but what I told them uh, is that that uh, 
was it Zechariah, the prophet told him that he was going to die and that king, he uh, began to pray because he, he believed in God and he prayed, he, he said, uh, and he reminded God, he said, haven't I been uh, faithful to you? Haven't I lived my life after you? Haven't I uh, done the best I could and, and tried to hear your voice? In other words, he was, he was, he was uh, not only encouraging himself, but he was reminding, you know, uh, God the Father of, of his faithfulness to him. And so when he, when he got to pray and the, God told the prophet to go tell the king, he said, the prophet told the king, he said, God heard your prayer. And he said, because of your prayer, he's going to give you 15 more years to live. And uh, which, you know, choosing between living on this earth and 15 more years are going on, you know, you still like got a lot to do. Yeah. So uh, in that, uh, I want to encourage the family members to trust God. You know, you have your own personal feelings. I don't want to lose them. I, I don't want them to go. I don't want them. But putting your personal feelings aside and saying, God, whether you take my loved one now and they go home to be with you, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to rejoice. If you give them 15, 20 more years uh, on this earth, I'm going to praise you and worship you and, and just do the best I can for you. Either way, what, what you're doing is giving it all to God, mm-hmm. letting Him decide, letting Him put things in order instead of putting our personal feelings aside. I want this, I want, and, and turning it all over to God. And that's what He wants, you know, mm-hmm. is to, for us to trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. So, uh, with that, casting all your cares on Him, for He cares. There are many verses that that tell us that we need to trust God, and I believe that's that's the encouragement that I would have. And just pray together, not separately, but as one, that you all, as a family, come into agreement. God, we're all in agreement right now that you're going to take care of the situation. We give it all to you, God. If you you let our loved one live another day, we're going to praise you. If you take him home, we're still going to praise you. Either way, God, we're still going to bless your holy name. Right. And, and when you give it all to him, that that's when God can move. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, our feelings get in the way of what God wants to do. You know, So that's, right. that's kind of encouragement that, that uh, uh, those that are being... Uh, in the hospital or going through this at home and trying to fight this, just mm-hmm. let God have his way. And Thank you for that. Yeah, so. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I do encourage um, our native listeners to check out Hunting Horse, United Methodist Church here in Lawton, Oklahoma. So you can also hear Monroe Satoke, um, some great words from him. And again, Sundays at either Hunting Horse Methodist Church or Little Washita, is that what you said? Yes. At Hunting Horse, we start at 11 o'clock. And then at uh, Little Washita, they have a Bible study, 10. Mm-hmm. And then they have the worship service at 11. Great. Uh, communion is here at Hunting Horse on the first Sunday of each month. 
and on the second Sunday is that little Washington. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been good information. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I, I just want to tell the listeners that God loves you, and uh, I, I'm thankful for this opportunity to share and be a witness and hopefully uh, reaching out. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ in your life, now's your opportunity because tomorrow's not promised. And I just want to tell you that uh, God loves you and I love you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Monroe. The Choctaw Nation has always provided a foundation upon which a future can be built. From our home in Southeast Oklahoma to a bingo hall that grew to be one of the largest casinos in the world. Today's summer school programs lay the groundwork for a love of learning. Small business programs support local economies. And with over 10,000 jobs created, Choctaw offers financial stability to tribal members and our neighbors. Together we build success because together we're more. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K. And check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki. Thank you, my friends.